Hey Hope Warrior, thank you so much for tuning in to another story. Stephanie and I love sharing them with you. We know that hearing how other people reclaim their power impacts your mindset in amazing ways. We have another story to share with you today, but before we jump into that, I would love to invite you to join us for the next Hope Warrior Academy. We are claiming our power together in community through a four-week journaling journey. Stephanie and I are working through this now with a small group of women, and we are so excited about what we are learning. We cannot wait to bring it to more people virtually, so pause this and head on over to www.hopewarriorproject.com to register. Go ahead. I'll wait. We sincerely hope to get the opportunity to work with you on getting unstuck and living your purpose. Until then, let's get to more stories. Hey friends, it's Lydia, one of your hosts, and today's story is highlighting the power of grief. Now, I know grief does not initially feel like something that would give you power, but our guest has her experience to share with us, and it is very inspiring and empowering. Her name is Hope Rieger, and just as her name suggests, she is naturally a hopeful, positive, and upbeat person who really tries to make the best out of every situation. Feeling powerless is not something she generally struggled with until her son was tragically shot and killed at the age of 19. Not only was she suffering with the sudden and unfair loss of her son, she also felt cheated out of justice when his assailant claimed self-defense and the case never even went to trial. How was she supposed to make the best out of this? Through her grieving, she searched and prayed to understand what purpose there could be in this tremendous pain that she was feeling. Losing a loved one and not having answers can be an ultimate source of powerlessness. I can attest to that as I lost my mother in my early 20s, and I really believe that not allowing myself to properly grieve that loss sent me down a path that just led to more pain and more heartbreak. I don't want the same for you or your loved ones. Loss is difficult enough without the sense of powerlessness negatively affecting all the other areas of your life. I know death is not something that most of us want to talk about, and that's why I avoided it myself for so long. But I honestly wish I had heard stories like Hope's back when I was dealing with my loss. So let's get to it. Here is Stephanie's interview with Hope. And I'll check back in to highlight some of the key takeaways that I want to make sure you don't miss. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope, thank you so much for joining me today. We may get a little confused as we're talking because, you know, your name's Hope and we're going to be talking about Hope. So <laughs> we'll just figure that out as we go. But <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. It's our, our pleasure to have you on. And uh, I know this is a really uh, hard story, you know, that we're going to be sharing today, but I feel like it's going to be something that a lot of people will be able to resonate with. And, you know, I was thinking about this, we're all, we all have, are, or will grieve at points in our lives. So yeah. this is something that I feel anyone will be able to relate to. And so I think they will really gain some strength from your story. So I appreciate you being on to share that. Thank you so much. Yes. So, you know, losing a loved one is, is always difficult, but then, you know, in your situation, add to that, this was your son, he was young mm -hmm. and then, you know, only 19 years old, which is very young. And then the circumstances of his death were just absolutely tragic. 
So to help our audience kind of understand and get a picture of the situation, can you share, you know, what were the circumstances, what happened? Absolutely. So um, like you said, in November of 2016, I received a knock at the door and I lived in a condo at the time and I peered out my bedroom window thinking, who is this at 630 in the morning? And I saw two police officers standing there waving for me to come down. And, and I thought, well, this is weird. What in the world? So I answered the door and they asked me if I was Justin's mom. And I said, absolutely. And um, they handed me a piece of paper with a name and number on it. Said this person is trying to get a hold of you. And I said, Do you know what this is about? Because um, surely if this was something serious and tragic, they would have told me, like, you know, face to face. And they said, No, we're not sure that we just know that they're trying to get a hold of you. So I was like, Okay, thank you. And shut the door. And I went upstairs and um, I just, I thought, Gosh, that's odd, right? And so I dialed the number and the person on the other line answered Green County Corner. And he said, yes, I, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Um, I have some news for you. Um, your son, Justin, has passed away. Mm. And I was, you know, you're in utter shock, right? And you, you're like, what, what in the world? What happened? And he proceeded to tell me that Justin and... Uh, lived with two roommates and one of the roommates and him got into a verbal altercation calling each other names I don't know what exactly happened and I'll probably never know the truth of what exactly happened but um, they turned into from a verbal to a physical altercation and um, one of the roommates had a gun and felt like his life was threatened by Justin even though Justin didn't have a knife or, or gun or weapon they were just like physically punching and throwing punches. And he put a gun to Justin's chest and shot and killed him. And I just remember rushing home and being there and thinking, how do I get my son from the morgue to the funeral home so I could see him? Yeah. So I could, so I could be there for him so I could touch him. And um, that the gentleman was arrested for murder that night. Um, he was taken into jail and was bonded out by his parents. And um, I, I, he eventually pled self-defense and uh, without, you know, it was months down the road and um, he never was indicted at all. So there was no trial. Wow. And so this was months, like you said, before he, you know, pled the self-defense and, and was released, right? So what, during that time, what was going through your mind? Um, I was, I was pissed. I was, you know, I was angry at everybody and everything, you know, after the funeral and you're planning everything and um, you just are going through the motions, you know, and, and seeing him in the funeral home was probably the hardest just walking in and, um, you know, they allowed me to see him and walking into a viewing room with your son sitting there on a hospital bed and he's so cold and, and it's not really your son and just the traumatics of everything. You, you start planning the, the funeral. I think there should be a funeral advocate because uh, you just, you can't think straight. And, and it's, it's just this, I talk about the first couple months of Justin passing is like candle wax melting. It's like it's happening, 
but everything's sort of blurry and melty and you don't really know, um, you know, how to function. You, you, you know, as a mother, you try to be there for everybody else. I know that was one of the things like we had, it was right around Thanksgiving and then it was Christmas. And I was like, I got to go Christmas shopping for my grandkids. And, um, you know, you, you put on this mask, it's a mask living two to three months that you are just in the moment, just trying to survive. Um, you know, the, sometimes the, the last thing you want to do is talk about it. And then sometimes the only thing you want to do is talk about it. Um, and then on top of that, adding that level of, you know, so many stories circulating and so many things said and, and him being out, you know, this is a small town. So he was out living uh, within the community where we were a part of. And it was, it was hard. And I was like, why, you know, why my son? Why, why Justin? Why, why him that had his whole life ahead of him? And, you know, I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry at everybody. I was angry um, that he was out walking around and my son wasn't. And just the anger and the frustration. And, um, but when I was around other people, like we had a birthday celebration for Justin. And I thought I was doing the greatest thing, celebrating his life. And it was only February, the first of February. And this had happened in November and holidays. And I remember thinking, you know, we're going to celebrate his life. We're going to, it's going to be a happy day. And, you know, we're going to talk about stories. And for the most part, it was a good day. It was a good day. Um, and family got to be together and celebrate Justin. But it was also, I was the hostess with the mostest, trying to please everybody, trying to take care of everybody, instead of what I really wanted to do was just be by myself and cry and just feel the pain of the grief. And so that was probably one of the hardest things. That was probably the hardest day at the end of the day, I was completely mentally and physically exhausted. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And it's like, it sounds like you were, you were trying to be old hope, you know, at that moment. Cause you know, we heard in the intro, you, you know, you're this upbeat, fun person. You know, looks at the positive. I could see that you would totally be an amazing hostess for any party. And so, you know, that's what you would have been in the past, but, you know, trying to do that at this moment, um, probably just wasn't the right time for you, right. To be doing. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I do, I agree with you. Like, and everybody wanted that old hope, yeah. right. Nobody wants to be around sad and depressing hope and, and mad at the world. And, and even though they may have been feeling it, it was like, they could count on me to be the bone, the strong, the person that's, you know, uplifting and saying, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. Even though I felt like this completely is hell. I'm in hell right now. And um, I remember thinking to myself, okay, Hope, you got two choices, right? You can either sit here and be enraged and, and angry and frustrated or you can try to find that hope that used to be there. It's gonna be different. I'm never gonna be that same hope, but I can try to find the hope that I loved, that people loved, and that more importantly, Justin loved. Mm -hmm. And honor him by finding that person again, 
by finding that love and hope and hope and and finding you know I, I lost Justin I didn't want to lose hope physically mentally um, and I knew that that was important to me and so working on the grief that's where I I started to take that process and it's just it's such a tough situation to be in I'm sure I mean but, and we've you know on our show we've talked about grief before and it's not like it's just a straightforward timeline process. You know, you have, you know, six months, year, whatever, and then ship shape life's back to normal. It's not like that. And, and it can be different for every person, every yeah. situation. Um, and so, you know, knowing that you wanted to get back to the old hope, but in this, this new situation, it would, like I said, it would never be the same, right. you, but you could get back to that core of who you are, but with, you know, there's some going to be some differences, um, but giving yourself some time, you know, and, and the letting yourself know that, okay, right now I'm not going to be that old hope. Is that something you had to like intentionally tell yourself to do? I mean, how did you, how did you do that? So it was a lot of work and I'm still working on it, right? I still, like you said, you're exactly right. Grief doesn't stop at six months or a year. I even Googled it one time um, for my group, which we'll talk about, but um, and they said the average time of grief is two years. And I was like, no wonder everybody's like, let's go get this party started and ending in two years, right? Because um, we Google everything. Right. Um, but I knew that it was going to take some time, but I, there had to be some processes that I, I had to find. One, I had to find some answers, like why? Um, and I had to find some answers, like dig deep in my soul, like why this happened and what I can do to make it better and what it was my purpose. And so I started going to counseling and she was amazing. I, I love this woman. Um, she really, really helped me guide through. Um, there was a lot of what ifs, um, you know, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? And uh, she told me that, you know, free will is huge. So whatever I would have did, it would have been countered by free will. So even though I could say, well, if I would have made him live with me instead of those roommates, and she was like, I don't know if you can make any adult person live with you that doesn't want to, right? And so it finally hit me like, I need to start forgiving myself. And I started going to a support group and the counselor talked me into it. It was a Christian-based group. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not, you know, the, the, the best Christian to be going into it right now because I don't like God and I'm not really happy with him right now. And um, I really don't know much about God, but I know that this sucks and I'm pretty mad, right? And so he, so she talked me into going, I was like, okay. So I showed up and I thought, I'm just going to go in here one time, I'm going to make my case, I'm going to cry, and I'm going to walk out of here and say, I'm still pissed off. And so I went in there and I told the lady, uh, first of all, I was the only one there. I was like, oh gosh, this is a one-on-one -on -one with this lady. She's going to find out I'm mad as hell as a Christian. Um, so she said to me, she said, you know, God understands why you're mad and God wouldn't imagine you not being mad and I was like wait a minute that's not what I came here to hear I you know um and so 
I started going to the group and it was an amazing group that I learned a lot about God and a lot about me and a lot of uh, reasons that why things happen, not answers, but reasons maybe. And I remember driving home one night and I was still, you know, still not understanding why Justin. And I remember asking God, I was like, okay, so what the heck is my purpose? You did this to me. What, what do you want from me? Because apparently um, I'm still here for a reason. And just as you and I are talking, I heard, and I, I don't know if it's on the radio, in my head, out loud, I don't know how I got it, but I heard the words, be kind, just be kind. And so I was like, what? That's what you want me to do? I'm like, really? I'm kind. I'm pretty nice to people. Um, I pay compliments. I'm not, you know, and um, I remember thinking, what, what the heck does that mean? And, but I heard it. I know I heard it. And so I remember volunteering and trying to find my purpose and just being nice to people and patient. I remember that I was going to pay it forward and I was in a drive-thru and I thought, okay, this is, this is my first time, first timer. And I was walking through or I was driving through and it was a Tim Hortons and they only have one window, right? So you don't have to like pay for it and then pick it up. You can just pay for it. It's just one window. So I said, okay, this is it. This is it. And I don't even drink coffee. And so I was like, okay, so I told the guy, I said, hey, I want to pay for the person behind me. How does that work? I didn't know how it worked. <laughs> and he was like, well, his order's, you know, $3. And so it was really minimal. And um, and I said, okay, I'm going to pay for it. So he, I, I guess it happens where people may not want to pay for it. If it's more than, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I was like, okay, I'll pay for it. And um, I look up and his name tag, I'm not kidding you, said Justin, which is my son's name. and I'm crying pouring tears and this guy is probably get the heck out of my life lady because I oh my gosh this is it right um this is what I'm meant to do and um so I got out of that line crying and I thought okay and then I was thinking wait a minute if God wants me to pay it for he better make me like rich because I can keep doing this right and um so I just continued to do you know volunteering and paying it forward and over the years for whatever reason when COVID hit and it was all about death and COVID was last year was we were counting death by numbers it was on tv right and I was like I gotta I gotta do something I I gotta do something for all these people because not only is people are people grieving but there's a whole level of it we're in a pandemic you can't see can't have funerals so there's a whole new level and um, that's when Grief to Hope was born. Mm. And what a way to pay it forward. I mean, it, it, you know, so much you said there that just struck me, this idea of being kind, you know, for, okay, for what purpose? You were already a kind person, like you said, right? So what did right. that mean? And then paying it forward. And so now we're gonna, I know we're gonna talk about this group that you put together. And I'm just wondering, maybe this was like the, the first steps of like putting you on this path of then doing something bigger to help so many people that are grieving. And you've had that experience. You know, you talked about their, what is the purpose, right? For you going through this. And I, you know, I believe that in life, things just happen, right? You know, I, we are just, 
life just happens. And a lot of times it does seem absolutely unfair and you don't understand, you know, well, why did this happen to me? I'm a good person. Right. But just life just happens. And I think sometimes it's as hard as it is, we just have to accept that. But then what can I learn from this? What can I do with this experience with this pain? And so just what you're talking about, you know, you looked for that purpose in your pain. So let's, so let's talk about that now. So you said, you know, you started this group um, called Grief to Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about how, you know, how you started it, you know, kind of the structure of the group, you know, how it works. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said. I, you know, taking something that you have no answers to is really hard to start saying, okay, it was given to me. Now, what am I going to do to make it positive? Because so many people would have been okay with me laying in bed, curled up for the rest of my life, and they would have understood. And, and we all do that, right? We all understand, but it's the people, and it's not just me, the, all the people out here that are grieving over any kind of tragedies or any kind of um, grieving, you know, grief and loss, they're strong. They are, they are warriors and they are amazing, strong, courageous people. And um, I'm just one of them. But the grief to hope was, um, if, you know, we're all on Zoom, which, uh, you know, if I could do it, anybody could do it. And I was thinking, okay, well, we're all at home, right? Um, how about I do a group that just meets in their PJs and or drinking coffee or drinking wine or whatever they want to do and just come and be their own selves um, and talk about their loss and be around people because that's what I found the greatest in the groups that I was in. It's just being around people that understood what I was going through, because unless you've been through grief, and most of us have in different ways or, or forms, but there can be um, days where you don't even want to get out of bed, let alone take a shower, get dressed and go to a go to a building and talk about your feelings. So I thought, OK, let's let's do this at home. Let's do this virtually and you can do it by phone. So um, it's a seven week program. And it's called Grief to Hope. And it's all done virtually. We meet once a week. And the first week is basically my introduction to the program. And I talk about me and my why and what happened. And um, I ask for other people to introduce themselves if they want to. Um, It's completely volunteer. Nobody has to speak. Um, And then we we talk about, you know, open discussions. And we have main themes throughout the rest of the week. So, Week two through six is grief. It's the word grief. So the first one's gift of time. And that's basically how time, you know, I we all hate this. Whoever grieves hates that time heals all wounds. They're like, that's the worst thing ever. It doesn't. Um, but we talk about time in a way that how time can be um, a gift and how it can also, you know, cause people to rush. Let's go. Let's go. It's been three months. You're still crying. What's the problem? You know, so we talk about that. Um, We talk about um, the next is receive help. And that's how do you ask for help when you're grieving? And most of us can't. Most of us don't even know what the heck we need help with Um, or how to um, respond when somebody asks you. You know, we get that blank. If you need anything, let me know. That's, we all know that's not, that makes you feel better. That doesn't make you feel better, right? Um, and, but your heart's in the right place. Don't get me wrong. So it's, so it's like, find that trusted friend that you can say, hey, I would really like it 
if somebody could take this dog to the vet, I just, I can't do it. Or I need somebody to pick up my groceries or if somebody could come watch the kids for just two hours, you know, find that trusted friend where somebody can come to you and say, so what can I help you with hope? And you could say, you know what? Susan knows exactly what I need. Um, she has the list. If you wanted to ask her, she's more than willing to give it to you. And it's a win-win. You, your pride doesn't have to become involved. Um, so really, you know, how to ask for help, how to receive help. And then we talk about um, inspire, which is really weird that we talk about inspire and grief in the same sentence. But inspiration is what gets you out of bed. And that could be your kids, that could be your other, your grandkids, your um, spouse, your mother, your career, your job, you're writing a book, you're creating a grief group. It could also be, you know, just making it through the day. It's whatever gets you out of bed and inspires you. And then we have um, E is expectations, what people expect of us, what we expect from other people. You know, sometimes we think that people know what to say when there's grief. And if you're like the normal person, that's like the worst subject to talk about, right? There's always awkwardness when you're, you know, you're like, I don't know what to ask or I don't know what to say. I don't know how to approach it. And we have to be forgiving, right? Because normally they always will say he's in a better place. Really? Is yeah. that what you think? He's in a better, you know, people say that, but they mean well. So you have to be forgiving. Yeah. And then F is feel everything and feel everything has morphed into this. I love it. Tribute. So we get together, we share pictures, we, we tell stories, mm-hmm. we um, exchange like what we miss the most. And it's just saying their name. And then the last of the program series is to hope. And that is, what's your next step? What will keep you moving forward? And it could be as simple as, I want to go through his clothes. I want to donate his clothes. I want to go through pictures. I want to write a book. I want to uh, take a shower. I mean, it could be anything, whatever your next steps are. I want to join a group or I want to I talk in Grief to Hope. And then we take a break and then we start it back up again and you can join it as often as you like. We have most of our, most of my group is repeat. We're starting our fourth season in September. And um, a lot of people come back. Um, and the greatest thing that that's come out of it is, is one, we're together, we understand. Um, it's casual, we respect each other nobody's grief is any worse or more severe than others um and we respect each other's there's we respect each other's religious we respect each other's beliefs and thoughts and um it's just an amazing place to be and it's and it's every week for seven weeks and then we take a break and then we start it back up it sounds like an amazing program, really. And I love the way you talked about, you know, what the different letters mean. And even for, I think for even someone who's not grieving, that was helpful to hear. Um, you know, and I totally, I totally agree and like resonate with this idea of being around and being able to talk to people who understand. Yeah. There is nothing like that. You know, I went through, you know, infertility was my story, right? So being able to talk to other people that understood that was a game changer because 
I don't know. It just makes it different. I, I don't, I can't even really explain why, <laughs> because it's not like they necessarily know what to say. They can't say anything to make you feel better, but you know, they get it. Right. And I think it just makes you feel more comfortable about being open because you know, they're not going to judge you because right. they have been, they've been where you are. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely power in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's different levels. Like I'm five years, almost five years in, and then there's some that's three months in and some that are 13 years in. And they, they, you know, when you talk about certain things, they're shaking their head. Oh yeah. I, yep. I know what you're talking about. And I think the group is incredible because we don't try to fix each other. We just listen and we just support and we offer, you know, this is how I handled this or this is how I handled that. But there's also those times where, can you believe that she said that? You know, we, you know, we have laughter too, right? It's not all about sadness and, and, and crying. It's about those good moments too. And, and being able to laugh and to cry in the same, you know, session is, is amazing. And I'm just, I'm just blessed by it. Absolutely. I, I can see how you would be. I can see how the people in the group would be blessed by it. And this is a, a free program, right? Any, Anyone yeah. can join. Yeah. So I think that's anyone amazing. can join. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you too, is this for, because you said, so it's apparently it's for anyone, I guess, in any grieving stage, whether it's brand new loss or, you know, and happened years ago. So it could be any, anyone, right? Yep. Anyone can come. And even if you're supporting somebody that's grieving, if it can help, like you said, you can join too. I've never had anyone be on there, but I would love to have it. I'd love to have somebody's, um, you know, opinions and and thoughts about how, you know, it, we can actually help help them, help their, you know, loved ones if they don't want to join. So I would love to see it expand to people that are just supporting someone that's lost because sometimes that's that's even better. Like if I know that, you know, my husband would ask me, you know, is it going to be a bad day today or, or you're having a bad day? And I'm like, really? You really need to say that to me? But I think if he, um, his heart's in the right place, right? So I think it would be great if we have people that are supporting anyone that's grieving and anyone that's grieving, no matter when it happened or where or how. Right. Well, and, and that reminds me of what you talked about, about having this trusted friend. I thought that what an, a, a, excellent idea, having someone that if, if someone else wants to do something, help, you can just point them to that person. Well, yeah. I mean, I've never even thought about that, heard of that, but what a great idea to just take that burden off of you. And also, I mean, I'm sure, you know, having that person, they're going to feel so blessed to be able to support you know, you or the right. grieving to be able to do that. So what a fantastic idea. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a win-win. It's a win for you. You get the help. It's a win for that person that feels like they're helping, supporting you. And then also for the person that you trust. It, it's a win-win. Win. Yeah. <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> Wins all around. Yeah. Well, this has been a really, really good um, interview. Um, I've learned so much from what you said. And that's one of the reasons, you know, when we do these interviews, we know that not everyone is going to be able to relate exactly to our guest's story, right? But there's, we feel like there's always something that they can take away for themselves, whether it's something that they can be like, well, you know, that concept, that idea that, you know, forgiving myself, giving myself grace, I can use that in my situation. Or like in this situation, ah, understanding a little bit better how 
to support or understand or even be able to recommend to someone that's going through grief, you know, point them in the direction of something like this. So I feel like it's, it's just helpful all around, regardless of your connection to um, grief at this point in life. So awesome. I appreciate that. Hey guys, it's Lydia again. Once again, we have a story that is unique in circumstances, but there are a lot of themes that we have heard in other stories on the podcast. This is so encouraging because it means that even though we all go through different things, we find power in many of the same ways. Early in the interview, Hope talks about the what ifs. We have heard this many times before, people wondering if they could have done something to avoid what happened in the past or wondering if similar things might happen again in the future. When I lost my mom, I carried a lot of guilt because I went to work the day that she passed away. She had just gotten home from being hospitalized, and I kept asking myself, why didn't I stay home? I wondered if she would still be around if I was there to keep an eye on her. The only thing this thought was accomplishing was that it was making me feel guilty and it was keeping me stuck in the past. Obviously, we cannot change the past. And honestly, when we do this, I feel like in a way we're questioning God's power. We try to cling on to this false sense of control when really the more we cling on to it, the more out of control we feel. There is power in surrendering control and trusting God completely. This means changing the what ifs referring to the past to what now and changing the what ifs referring to the future to even if. Knowing that even if something difficult happens, God is ultimately good, he's ultimately in control, and he will be there with us to equip us with what we need. Another consistent theme throughout these stories is community. Hope talks about joining a support group. We keep hearing this again and again and again. Get around people who are able to have empathy for you because they have lived similar experiences. It has tremendous healing power. Then there is this concept of purpose. When we have a clear understanding of our purpose, life's challenges become a part of that and we can face them more gracefully. Hope prayed for answers on what her purpose was and she received the message to be kind. The one benefit of any and all hardships that we can face is that they connect us and make us empathetic to one another because we realize that people can be facing similar things. How often do we think that our purpose is something that we do, like a career? When we're children, we're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Meaning, what do you want your job to be? But really, kind would actually be a much more appropriate answer to that question. Purpose needs to be something that can be lived in an unlimited amount of ways. It needs to be able to evolve and grow with you and with the world. Hope felt that God gave her the purpose of being kind to others, and that opened her up to finding different opportunities to live that out, and the circumstances of the world inspires how she does that. I love that she was led to start this Grieve to Hope group because she's encouraging people to grieve intentionally. It is a process that needs to happen to be able to keep living. So why stumble through it, potentially hurting yourself and others like I did, if there's a better way? Quickly, I just wanted to go over what she shared that they talk about in the group, um, going through the word grieve um, as kind of steps in the process. 
honestly, grieving is a part of life even if you haven't lost anyone. Any type of loss uh, requires grieving. Um, Maybe the loss of a job or loss of a relationship. Honestly, even your kids growing up can feel like a loss. My oldest daughter just turned eight, and the night before her birthday when I was putting her to bed, I had to say goodbye to seven-year-old version of her. And we cried together because we loved seven-year-old version of her so much. And it just felt good to honor that feeling together and to let that emotion pass through us and to have a good cry. Um, So the G of grieve in her group, they talk about the gift of time, not rushing, not being on a timeline, and also holding on to the hope that time really does provide healing. And then the R stands for receiving help, humbling yourself and just knowing that you are never meant to do this on your own. The I standing for inspire. What inspires you to keep going and to keep healing? What is your why? The E standing for expectations of ourselves and others. Being clear on those expectations so that we know if they're realistic or not and that we can manage them. Giving people grace, understanding that People mean well and sometimes just really don't know what to say. The F standing for feeling everything. And I feel like this one to me is the biggest because in my grieving journey, I didn't want to feel the negative emotions that came with losing my mom. And I pushed them down. I pushed them down, tried to just focus on the positive, and it really didn't serve me well um, because what you resist persists, right? So you really just have to feel it all and just let that energy pass through you. I mean, it can really feel good to have a good cry. And so in their group, you know, they talk about their loss. They let themselves feel the feelings that come with it and maybe even have a good cry. So let's get back to the interview to hear how you can connect with hope. So how can they find the support group if they would like to connect in with that? Absolutely. So I have a website. It's www.grief2hopesupport.com. And on that website, you can sign up. I'm doing newsletters now, um, but you can also email me directly right through that site. I'll get back to you. Um, I'm really good about following up. So if you have a question or concern about the program, put it in the website and and send it to me. It's very easy. Um, And I'll respond back. And if you want to... you know, join the newsletter. Um, I send that out each month that I don't have a class or program. Um, You can also find me on Facebook, Hope Rieger, or Grief to Hope has a Facebook. We also have a private group in the Facebook that, you know, my members have joined um, and they sort of talk about their week. And and if something happens, they can communicate when we're not in session. Um, And it's been a real blessing to have that. And then Instagram, Grief to Hope, and then LinkedIn is both me, Hope Rieger, and Grief to Hope. So all those channels. All right. So something, surely something for everyone to be able to to find and connect in with you. That's wonderful. And yeah, I think it's a great idea, you know, to have, because these programs, like you said, you don't have the program. It's not constant, right? You have a session, then you take a break. So having a Facebook group or whatever that people can still connect in during the meantime is a really nice option as well. And knowing, again, they're going to be 
with the people who understand. So, and this yeah. is a virtual world we're living in today, right? So, <laughs> this is the Absolutely. way we see things. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Well, Hope, thank you so much for sharing such an important part of your life and your story and your son's story with us today. Um, I mean, it was a real blessing, I feel like, and just reminding us of the strength that we can gain through allowing ourselves to grieve and this process of putting ourselves around people who understand. There's strength in there and that there's power in there. So thank you for sharing that with us today. I really appreciate it. It's been amazing. Thank you. If you were inspired by today's guest, be sure to save this episode so you can go back and listen to it again. Making the shift from feeling powerless to empowered is not a quick and easy thing to do. We know. But our desire is that you've gained hope and confidence that it's possible and so worth it. Now, go hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss the next episode.